Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson today. Glad to be here in our Bible study every Friday. If you live anywhere near Queen City, Atlanta, Texarkana area, I invite you to come and be a part of this Friday morning Bible study. You don't have to be a part of Crossway Church. It's not just for us. It's for everybody who uh, wants to learn the Word of God. And uh, and I'm, I'm excited. You know, not only do we have the Bible here with our hands on it, our eyes see in the Word, but it can be in our hearts. And God has actually told us to put the Word in our hearts. It's up to us to put the Word in our hearts. And uh, so if we just uh, study the Word as He told us to do, and, and then He will be able to teach us by His Spirit His Word as it is in truth, and then we can experience the victory, the liberty that Christ afforded us at Calvary. We have been in the book of Galatians now for uh, quite some time. Let me see how long, ever since November the 3rd. And so uh, today is our 24th session. It's the 27th of April, 2018. There is our physical address, 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. And our website is thecrosswaychurch.com. My YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. Everything we do here at Crossway Church goes uh, onto that YouTube channel. So avail yourself to that. I'm recording a couple times a week a teaching on Romans. Uh, it's out there on the same YouTube channel. And I encourage you just uh, avail yourself to that. Grab your Bible and hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today. And you will be blessed. Amen. Before we get started today, the Lord just really impressed on my heart again today that every time we preach and teach the Word of God as He has written it in the, in the book, in the Bible, that we can surely uh, believe God for the moving and the operation of His Spirit. People can be saved while the Bible is being taught. People can be healed. They can be filled. They can have all sorts of needs met. And I just am trusting the Lord that as we teach the Word today, not just us, but those online will experience uh, whatever they need. The Holy Spirit is available, and He is working in us and through us. And as we teach and preach a little today the Word of God, then uh, I believe the Lord is going to do some things. Not because after we get through, we ask him. He's going to do some things just because that's the way he is. As we sit and we hear and we receive and we believe and receive the truth of God's Word, the Holy Spirit is going to move mightily today. So whatever it is that you need, I want us just to take a few seconds right now and verbally with your lips ask God what it is you for what you need today. Whether if you need a hand healed, you need a leg, a liver, a heart, you need your body rid of cancer, I want you to ask him for it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, remove this that hinders. Father, I'm believing you today for my miracle. I'm believing you, Lord God, that because you gave your son Jesus, you're offering me miracles with him that you've promised to do. And you've promised me healing. You've promised me peace. You've promised me everything, all things with him. And my faith is in Christ and his accomplished work on the cross. Therefore, I'm asking for this that I need today in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I'm expecting to receive on this day in the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. Praise God. Today is the day of miracles. How do I know? Because this is the only day we have. Yesterday's gone forever. Tomorrow may never come. So today may be the day we finish, that we cross over the finish line in this race we're running. Today's the only day we've got available for miracles, for healing, for the gifts to be in operation, to learn God's Word. So today is our day of salvation. Today is our day in which all Jesus afforded us we need to experience. Amen? So I'm believing God today. Hallelujah. Every once in a while we go through little phases where we let other people and their unfaithfulness uh, disappoint us and that disappointment sometimes turns into discouragement. Preachers go through that. I've been through that in the last couple of days. But you know what? You just have to begin to praise the Lord for who He is. Not for, Don't look at what everybody else is or isn't doing because it isn't about that. It's about you and the Lord. There's always going to be rich and poor. There's always going to be faithful and unfaithful. 
unfaithful. There's always going to be a million excuses as to why they're being unfaithful. But you know what? I don't have to be like them. I can be like Jesus. I can be faithful. Hallelujah. And I don't have to let their unfaithfulness pull me into that boat that's sinking. Hallelujah. I feel good this morning. I feel better this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3 is where we will begin this morning, and I believe this is really this entire letter to the church and the churches in Galatia are really where the church is today. I believe with all my heart that 99.9999% of the church should heed this letter is in a place that this letter would be to. I've been there. I've been there. The Lord found me out of the way, pretending, make-believing. I didn't know I was doing it, but I had been bewitched. I had been fooled. I had stepped away from the only way in which God works, thinking God works in all these ways. Even though they're good ways, God doesn't work in them. And I was bewitched. I was deceived. And I'm telling you this morning, I'm telling you, 99% of the church is in this boat today. And it's amazing how when anybody that's a Christian who's in a church hears that statement, they always consider themselves to be in that other little tiny percentage. And all the churches think it's always the everybody else that's in that 99.9. More than likely, if you're listening to me today and you're not in a cross-preaching church, you're in a church that's off track. Because God is sweeping the nation and the world right now. And he's using the book of Romans and the book of Galatians mainly to bring his people back. It's, it's the letter that, that he used in the heart of Martin Luther that Martin Luther said he was betrothed to the letter to the Galatians because it is what the Holy Spirit used to convict him, to show him he had moved away from faith in Christ. He, he was teaching what the Roman folks were teaching, that, that you're not justified by faith, you have to work for it, and that's huge in the church today. Even the part of the church that knows they're justified by faith, they move away from that for sanctification and now they think they have to work for it again i've been there i had to be rescued i had to be rebuked and i had to humble myself and accept the rebuke of the lord and admit with an honest heart i was off track according to the word of god it hurt people's feelings it hurt people there was there were relationships severed because i had to come back to faith and grace when martin luther accepted the word of god as it is in truth concerning justification he was really booted out of the church he'd known and they all came against him. And when God gives you the revelation of truth in his word, there's always going to be a separation from those things you've known. And we need to uh, quit saying we're like Paul, and we need to be like the Apostle Paul to the effect that he said, I count it all dung. I'm letting all that go. Relationships that have to go, then they have to go too, but I'm moving on with Jesus. I'm, you know, and there was a lady years ago, she passed a, a year ago about, and when we first started Crossway Church, started preaching the cross, she said, I'm, she quit coming. She came for a few weeks, and then she stopped, and she said, I, I just can't be a part of that. I fear that uh, Pastor Curtis has severed himself from all the ministers that he's been in fellowship with. And the reality is, I didn't cut myself off from them. The truth I started preaching, they cut themselves off from me because of the truth, because they won't let go of what they're holding to and begin to preach the truth of God's Word. If you ask them, they think they are, but they're not. So it doesn't matter what we think. We have a Bible. That's, be that's my favorite. I have a Bible. And they won't call. They won't sit down because, see, you can see the Word of God in whatever context you want to see it in, but the Holy Spirit wrote it in the context of the Lamb of God slain and that's the revelation all through the bible as we'll see that in this third chapter let's pray this morning ask the lord i know we've already prayed but we ask for our miracle our healing today let's ask for the bread of life we desperately need today father in the name of jesus lord we've gathered up in this place today in the name of your son to to let our eyes behold your word asking that you would impart it into our hearts that we might have the experience that the law of liberty could give us as we look at your 
your word through the blood today and see it in the context that the Holy Spirit wrote it and in which he will impart it to our hearts, God. We ask for the bread of life, the greater revelation of Jesus Christ today, and we thank you for it, knowing we're going to get it. In his name we pray, amen and amen. Praise the God. Well, chapter 3, the Bible says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you? And here Paul, he, he, he stops telling the story here of what happened in Antioch. And now he's reverting. He, and the purpose he'd been telling them about Peter and, and, and Barnabas and all the great dissimulation that they fell into and how they went back under the law through fear of people that operated under law. And now, now Paul stops talking about the, hist, the, the, the recent history of what had happened and, and he begins to deal with them where they are because they are guilty of what he was just telling about Peter and Barnabas. And so, see, all this flows together, and you must always study the Word in its context. So, chapter 2 was, was really just mainly uh, uh, the history of, uh, a recent history of what happened to Peter when he was with Antioch, how he, through fear, got up and left the Gentiles. He didn't quite have the assurance that he needed, even though he'd been used by God at Pentecost to preach to and see 3,000 people saved. Jesus showed up and asked him after the resurrection three times, Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And all these things, yet Peter jumps up through fear and moves away from the Gentiles and joins the ranks of those still bound under the law. We've done that. I've done that. I don't want to do that again. I can do that again. They did that. I've done that. I don't want to do that again. I can do that again. If you don't think you can, then you get ready. you are already got your foot up and ready to step that way. It's easy to be deceived because deception is I don't know that I don't know. And fear moves us into that boat of deception. Fear is what does that. Amen. But perfect love casts out fear. And I ain't talking about no perfect feeling. I'm talking about the perfect love of God through Jesus Christ and what he offered at Calvary. Amen. So Paul turns now to them. He's not telling a story. Now he's really telling us the story of what happened here to the Galatians. But in the letter he's talking to them, he calls them foolish. And foolish Galatians refers to Paul calling them unintelligent, unwise, and senseless. It's not good. If you tell people that today, they're out. You know, so sometimes they say, well, Brother Curtis, he preaches too hard. No, I, I don't preach hard enough, believe me. People that say that really don't want the truth. They don't want corrected. They don't want rebuked, which is a part of serving Christ. As hard-headed and prideful and arrogant as we can be, if you don't like being rebuked or corrected, you're not going to make it three steps with Jesus because you're talking about somebody that's perfect. When you're around somebody that's perfect without flaw, if you're following Christ, you're going to see just how full of flaws you are. I, I speak from experience. You don't have to put me under a microscope to find my flaws. Just hang around for a couple of seconds. Listen, this word, this phrase means unintelligent, unwise, and senseless. And that's something they became. They, they had stepped out of that, but they'd became, become that again. Uh -huh. The Lord used this same noun to describe the two disciples on the road to Emmaus who were slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. This same phrase was used to them. Oh, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. The thought here is, how is it that you seem to have come under a sort of spell so that you have lost your grasp of the truth and your hearts and minds have become clouded by error? What happened to Peter was happening to them. It's happened to me. The Lord told me in 1994, He said, Trust my word and not men. But the deception comes when we 
trust men who are trying to interpret God's word who, like the Judaizers, were twisting and they were, they were experts at twisting God's word to keep everybody under the law instead of following Christ and receiving grace. They were, they were word twisters. People do that today. And I don't care if it's your grandma or your spouse or your kids or your best friend or your preacher. Unless he knows that the word is in the context of Christ and him crucified, that's what it points to. Every verse, every chapter, every line, every jot and every tittle is about Christ and what he did at Calvary. And we have to see it through that. Amen. You say, no preacher, there's some things about money, marriage, how to raise kids. There, those are things the Lord has spoken about in His Word. But to be able to do that, you have to see the Word there through the blood or you won't be able to do it. You won't get it right. Your study can't be right. I'm going to share with you something that the Lord's given us here at Crossway Church. It's very powerful. Proverbs 8 and 8. You need to write it down. You need to highlight it. You need to put it on your kitchen counter. You never need to let this go. All of God's God's words, every word that he's spoken is in righteousness. It's in righteousness. Every word, the whole Bible, the, everything God has said, and remember we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word we live by, we live by the faith that comes by hearing the word of God. And every word God has spoken is in righteousness. That doesn't mean that it's right exclusively it means it's related to the one who came who is right and what he did to make us right before God Christ and him crucified every word every word my mouth has spoken is in righteousness never forget that that'll help you that'll help you understand what the holy spirit is trying to teach you if you don't understand that if you don't understand the bible is your jesus book and jesus is to you what he is because of what he did at Calvary, then we'll go out in a boat that's sinking, thinking we're in a move of God, and we're not. We're in a move of the flesh. Amen. I've been there. I'm not going back. So, to be bewitched is to be fascinated by false representations, to be deceitfully seduced. These Gentiles, saved Gentiles, Galatians, were actually born again at the preaching of the gospel, and, and, and the Judaizers had come and, and were doing the same thing to them. They'd been successful at least for a, a moment or two or some time period with Peter and Barnabas and others. But that's what they do. That's what all the churches are doing today. All the churches that preach water baptism for salvation, doing this or that for salvation, listen, those are Judaizers. They're still under the law. The Spirit of God's not leading them to say those things because it's not biblical. The Spirit of God is not leading you to follow them. And if you do, it'll be because you fear them. And what they think. You value them. You have the fear of man instead of the fear of the Lord. Amen. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, gives strong confidence. The fear of the Lord in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. In the fear of the Lord is, is a fountain of life that delivers from the snares of death. I'm talking about Proverbs 14, 26, and 27. That's related to Christ who is our fountain of life, our life. He said he was. And what he did at Calvary, the only thing that delivers us from the snare of death. The, in the fear of the Lord, not the fear of man. The fear of man will pull you back into a place of condemnation and death. And that's what the Judaizers do. That's the devil is behind all these ministries that the devil and the, and the flesh of men is behind all these ministries that preach works for salvation or works for sanctification somebody tells you you're not saved unless you're water baptized that's the judaizers who oh foolish person you are They've bewitched you. You've let them. Millions in this nation have let the enemy bewitch them. These Judaizers bewitched them. Why in the world would we dare think there was something we could do to be saved? If there was, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need Jesus if there was anything I could do. And for me to say that, Christ, yes, I believe in that, but I believe I also have to, that eliminates faith in Christ because you can't add to it. You can't mix faith with it. Either it was enough or it wasn't. And if it wasn't, that means I'm really not trusting in that. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. If I've got to add to what Christ did, I'm really telling God that wasn't 
fully sufficient. And that's what Church of Christ and, and, and all these other with buildings with steeples and all these religious people, if they have to add, if they have to do something to be saved, they're telling God that was not sufficient. He did not finish the work. I must finish what he started. That's not biblical. And all those people do not see the word through the blood. Matter of fact, those people in particular remove the whole Old Testament. They don't even look at it because they're really not interested in Jesus. Their faith is in what they're doing, not what he did. Amen, Brother Curtis. So, the bewitching was for the purpose of the enemy to remove them from the place of obedience to the truth, which is faith in the cross, which is the only place grace is found. Let's look at the first verse again. Oh, foolish Galatians. Calling them a name, boy. You get close to calling somebody a name in, in, in today's church. They're, they're media members again. They're, they're on the couch. So let me tell you something about it. There ain't no such thing, and I can say ain't because I'm in Texas. There ain't no such thing in the mind of the Lord, in the plan, and the will of God, where there's a cross preaching, true gospel preaching church for somebody to be within driving distance for them to be a media member unless they are paralyzed, incapacitated. They cannot get there. Cannot get there. It is not the will of God for somebody not to be planted in that church declaring the truth. And most of the time it's because people are in the flesh and just can't get along with people. They just can't get along with people, which proves their faith is not really what they think it is. Because true faith in the cross is the Holy Spirit working in your life to be built up together for a habitation of God. Amen. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Amen. Watch this. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? that you should not obey the truth. What had they stopped doing? Obeying the truth. But for years, I didn't have a clue what that could possibly mean. How do you... I thought just obeying the truth was just trying to live according to the Word and obey the Word of God. But that's not the, po that's not the point. They only started obeying the truth when they accepted the truth of who Christ was and what he did at Calvary. Let's look at Romans chapter 6 to prove this, to show the confirmation in Scripture of another witness of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 6, verse 17. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which delivered you, which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Well, that tells us what the form of doctrine was. It was the doctrine of truth. It was the message of the cross, Christ in Him crucified. Because that's the only thing, the only doctrine that, that brings a, a form into our life that the Holy Spirit is offering. Amen. Did you get that? It's the only doctrine that saves the sinner and makes us servants of righteousness. It's, God calls it obeying. But really, we're believing. When you believe that form of doctrine that saved you from sin and made you a servant of righteousness, God calls it you obeyed the truth. You obeyed the truth. And what's happening here in the Galatian church, these people are being deceived and moved away from simple faith that saved them into now going back to trying to keep the law. And Paul is saying, look, you've been bewitched. You may be doing all these things now under the law, but that's not obeying the truth. How many of you know, and here's the point this morning that we need to see one of them, is that just because you're trying to live an upright and moral life and do what the Bible says, you can't and God don't honor it if it's not through the Spirit. 
And through the Spirit means you're obeying the truth, means your faith is in the cross. Your faith is not in the Emmaus walk. Your faith is not in the government of 12. And people get mad when you mention those things. But listen, they need to get mad because that's the Holy Spirit trying to rebuke them. If you're trusting in something you're doing for power or provision or deliverance from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit only works in your life based on the truth you're allowing Him to impart and Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. That the only thing that makes him the truth is what he did at Calvary. So just to open a Bible and say, I'm going to start doing this and living by this, that's great. Glory to God. But if your faith is not in the cross and in something else, you're not going to do what the Bible says. And even when it appears you are in the mind and the plan of God, you're not obeying the truth. Obeying the truth in the mind of God is not you doing what the Bible says, but keeping your faith in the cross of Christ. That's obeying the truth. That's, that is where God calls us obedient. And, and now He can, through us, by His Spirit, begin to live the life of Christ out in us. Think about that. I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live. But it ain't me living. It's Christ that's living in me. And the life I now live, get this, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. If I'm living, I'm living by the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave Himself for me. That means my faith is still in the cross. But when I listen to grandma or spouse or uh, son, daughter, mama, daddy, grandma, co-worker, best friend, whoever it is, and they say, yeah, the cross, that's good, but you also have to, for sanctification, you have to. No, all I've got to do is keep obeying the truth. That doesn't mean find another scripture to obey. That means keep my faith in the sacrifice of Christ. And see, that is the status of obedience with God. And if I'm not walking in the status, the declaration by God that I'm obedient, then I cannot obey the, uh, the Word of God. That'll just be me trying my best, and God doesn't honor my best. God does not honor my good intentions. God does not honor my best. God honors what His Son did at Calvary. And we need to understand that before we move on today. God says you're obedient when your faith is in the cross. And at that point, the Holy Spirit can empower you to live then according to the light, the Word of God because it becomes the light for your path. But it can't be the light for your path just because you're memorizing a Bible verse and quoting a Bible verse and you think because you've done that, now God owes you something. God doesn't ever get to the point where He owes us anything. Never will. We owe Him everything. We need to think about that this morning. This, this letter to the Galatians is also to us today. Have you been sidetracked through the government of 12? I remember when I was in the Philippines after the first message I preached, a, a Filipino man walked up and said, you, you probably don't need to say anything else about the government of 12, the G12 he called it, because there's several people in these meetings who are, you know, involved in that. He said that's working, working for them. Well, it ain't working for him. And there was a moment where fear gripped my heart, and I thought, boy, I'm a long way from home. I don't know if I were to say anything. But I, the Spirit of God just encouraged me. I said, you know, I'm probably going to say something more about it because it's not right. It's hurting the church. That's, that becomes their focus and not the sacrifice. And what they don't know is, and what these folks didn't know was, listen, they thought their faith, these folks thought their faith was still in Christ and the sacrifice. It gets moved so easy. Most of the church today will tell you their faith is in the cross, but it's not anymore. It was for salvation, but it no longer is for sanctification. They've moved it, and that's what's happened here. We're reading about this. I've experienced this. 99.9% .9 of the church is there today. When a preacher stands up and opens the Bible and he refers any scripture in here to anything outside of Christ in the way of Christ, which is the cross, there will be no impartation of truth or understanding given by the Holy Spirit. It'll just be a shout, oh, glory to God, we got the best preacher in town. Man, that was truth today. If it didn't pertain to Christ and what he did at Calvary, and you're like, I just don't know about that, preacher. That's a little too narrow. Well, let me say this again. And we're going to keep hearing this maybe for four or five years, hopefully. 
God said, every word that comes out of my mouth is in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. The righteousness of God is only found in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Because the gospel is the truth. The gospel saved us. Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free, free from sin. So when I heard the gospel, which is the gospel truth, righteousness was declared... Proverbs twelve seventeen. he that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. Only truth brings forth the righteousness of God. God's word is, it's all truth, but am I relating it in my messages as truth, or am I referring to it as some other something? If I'm pre, and I can hold God's word in an unrighteous manner, Romans 1, 18, and God will oppose all that my efforts in what I'm doing, while I'm doing that. And so just because these Galatians said, yeah, you know, my faith, our faith's in the cross, I, you know, that's what I said for years. Brother Richard Rilhoss would stand on that porch every morning, and he'd try to relay the Scriptures to me in the light of Christ and Him crucified. And I'd say, well, I, yeah, because oh, you know, I thought, I'm past all that. That was my born-again experience. I don't need that now. Now I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I speak with other tongues. I pray for people's healing. I'm beyond all that. But then the, one day the Lord woke me up and said, look, if you don't deny yourself of all that thinking and take up your cross again, you can't follow me. It takes the cross to follow Christ. Amen. And what's going on here, I don't think they just gave up faith in Christ. I think they were tempted by these Judaizers to add to it. Yeah, Christ, but you, man, you've got to do this. If you don't do these things, none of that matters. And listen, that's where we are as a church today. I'm talking about in almost every pulpit, the word Jesus does come out of their mouth. The word cross does come out of their mouth every once in a while. But how are they relating the word? It cannot be light to you unless it's in the context of the man who said, I am the light. And the cross is the way by which the light came on. Amen. It's, we're in a horrible time in, 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 in the history of the church. This is the most deceived that the church has ever been. It's always been deceived from, from the get-go. We're reading about it right now because there's always been people following the true gospel around, trying to tear it down, trying to bring darkness and deception and make us uh, walk in a place of foolishness and a place where we've been seduced, bewitched. I was there for years. I only speak from experience. But I had to be rebuked of the Lord. And I'm sure that not all of the Galatians received the rebuke. I don't know. It's not talked about. But I'm sure just that, that day, just like this day, there will be a remnant even among the church that's able to repent and come back to faith and grace. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. We were in Russ, Texas last Saturday carrying, uh, carrying the truth of the gospel in there last weekend. And it was really just to stir up the hearts of the people and the pastors that were there. Because let me tell you something, the Lord, He wants to use you. But if you refuse Him, He will just keep going past you and He will find somebody else. And listen, I don't want to forfeit the will of God for my life. I don't want to forfeit all the treasures that could be laid up, all the fruit that could be bare in His name for His glory. Amen. O foolish Galatians, who's bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? It's powerful. Doing the truth. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, the Bible says, If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Because of what's written in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, and we can tie that to 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. Walking in darkness is a place we walk where we're not doing the truth. And the church thinks that doing the truth is just getting back and doing what the Bible says. You can't do that unless your faith goes to Calvary because you can't obey the truth of God's Word that's written unless the Holy Spirit's working in your life to empower you to do what's written. The Bible says, and I just ministered this last Wednesday night and last Sunday morning, the Spirit is life through righteousness. 
We've obtained, Peter wrote, we've obtained like precious faith through righteousness. See, we're back. No, no, we've retained that by faith. Yeah, faith in God's word and every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. Boy, this is a whole lot uh, deeper than what we're talking about this morning. God's never spoken a word that's not in righteousness. Righteousness is only found in Christ and imparted, imputed initially for salvation and the status of us being righteous in Christ. And it's daily given as fruits of righteousness if our faith remains in the word of truth that begat us, James 1.18, the word of truth, God's word of truth. If we keep walking in the truth of God's word, then the fruit of the Holy Spirit will be there. I cannot just open the Bible and say, well, my life's miserable. I'm going to start doing what the Bible says. No, I'm not. That's good in intention we should know the answers in the book and that's probably where everybody starts and praise god for that but eventually you're going to quit as a as a teenager i wanted to read the bible every once in a while the spirit of the lord would come on me even as a teenager i remember this getting my bible going in my room laying down on the bed and after two or three days that i'd just gradually move on out of that because i didn't know the way of sanctification I was just trusting in this and trusting in that, and the fire would go away. It would go away. The desire would go away because I didn't understand the Bible. And if you can't understand what you're reading, you go quit reading it. Many a men and women have said, I just couldn't understand it. Well, listen, those days are over, my friend. There's no need for that any longer. You can understand the Word of God if you see it in the light of the one it's written about. His name is Jesus. The, 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 the true gospel preachers these days are, 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 by the Spirit of God, relating God's Word in its simplest form. A child can believe the gospel. And all of the Bible is in the context of the gospel. It's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's powerful that we said that for years and we didn't know what we were saying. So Paul tells them here that you're not obeying the truth. Who's tricked you? Who's seduced you? Who, who, you've become foolish. You, senseless. You, 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 you've allowed some people to come along and tell you something that removed you from obeying the truth. We've all been there. Whether it was the devil, he's always behind it, or somebody, or just our own stinking flesh. Because they all team up together, the devil... And the devil through the flesh of others and my own flesh will team up with them. Obeying the truth is a status God gives you only if your faith is in the cross. We read it in Romans 6, 17 and, and, and 18. You have to have the status first and be walking in the status for the Holy Spirit to be able to impart and to keep you in the truth. Think about Peter jumping up through fear. Fear's not a part of faith. He feared those still under law, maybe because he'd been in that for many, many years. And he feared them for their prestige, their authority among the law keepers, and, and fear gripped his heart, and he moved away from the place God worked called grace. He stopped obeying the truth. Again, that doesn't mean he stopped wanting to do what the Bible said. He, he, he stepped out of his status of being obedient to the truth when he let faith in the cross go for faith in the law. And that's why Paul had to stand up and rebuke him. And that's why Paul wrote this letter to these foolish Galatians. And that's why the Lord has us teaching it to a foolish church today who's been bewitched, not being ugly, just be... Listen, you can't get mad at me today. If you do, you're mad at God because it's God who gave this to the Apostle Paul. Those who got mad at Paul and wanted to stone him and leave him dead, they did that to God. They were proven. Listen, when they stoned and, and tortured and persecuted and, 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 and did all they did to the disciples of Christ and all the, the way they were martyred, they were just proving that, yes, I'm the one that hung him on the cross. He was a blasphemer and so were his disciples. 
So when we preach the truth of God's Word because it, we love people, we're not trying to get them in Crossway Church. We're trying to get them back in the truth, back in the place where they're obeying the truth, which means simple childlike faith in the cross of Christ. If they think we hate them or whatever, well, they can think that, but there will be a few that know it's because God through us is loving them and reaching for them because we do. We do. Again, we're not trying to get everybody in our church. We're trying to get everybody back to the place of obedience to the truth, which is faith in the cross. There's people that we value and honor that will try to help you, but they will hurt you. People that love you with a worldly affectionate love People that care about you, they do anything for you. They, they literally, they give you the shirt off their own back. They they change your flat tire in a thunderstorm, but they don't know the way of truth. So spiritually, all they can ever do is hurt you and damage you and move you from the place you should stand. And it will not be an excuse at the judgment seat of Christ for the child of God that said, well, I, Lord, I just didn't want to stir anything up. I just wanted to operate in love. No, you weren't operating in love. Operating in love is to walk in obedience to the truth and to help those others who are out of the way back to that place. Yes, most are not going to like it and they're not going to accept it, but there will be a few. There will be a few. I believe there was a few because God wrote this letter. Amen. John eight twelve. we're talking about obeying the truth. We're talking about First uh, John 1 and 6 that we read. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. That ties right into this. I'm sure the Galatians didn't say, I'm out, well, I'm out of fellowship with Jesus. No, they thought they were in a better relationship with Jesus because of what they were being there. Man, I've got the best of both worlds. Man, I'm following Christ. I believe He died for me. I'm saved now, filled with the Holy Ghost. I've seen miracles. And, man, I've seen the moving of the Spirit. Now, you know what? I can go back under the law, too. I've got it all. You can't do that. The law only produces condemnation and darkness. The law hides. It hides the truth from you. It The law can only point... To the master. It can only point to the redeemer. It can't, it can't save you. It can't, there's no life in the law. There's no life in law. There's only life under grace. Amen. There's no life under law. And when we say that we're in fellowship with Christ, but we're under law, we're walking in darkness. All the people in the world who've ever lived that said, I have to do this, I, I have to do that to be saved, they walked in darkness. They were not following Christ. Those that follow Christ are following, following Him because they're denying themselves of all that. Didn't say He didn't tell us, I got to deny you. He said, I got to deny myself of what you're trying to tell me. Amen. I got to deny myself so I can take up my cross, keep my faith in what Christ did for me at Calvary to be able to follow him. That, my friends, allows us to know biblically we're in true fellowship with him. And we're not walking in darkness. Our fellowship is real. Everybody else is having to fake it. And it ain't nothing but a bunch of faking going on. Watch this now, John eight twelve. Then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Okay, now the Bible says the Word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. But it is not unless you're following Jesus. And to follow Jesus, you must take up your cross. It means you must have faith in the cross. If you go back to what Grandma's trying to teach you, that it's not just the cross. A young man approached me uh, a couple months ago and said, Man, my mother... You know, I was telling her about the cross, and she told me, she said, it's not just about the cross. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to get you to heaven. It's not just about the cross, and, they, they, and, and she says, you've got to be water baptized too. And I said, well, you've been coming here occasionally, off and on, for the last few years. You shouldn't have been confused. He said he was confused. 
Why are we confused? If you've been coming to Crossway Church for the last four or five years, why are you confused when somebody puts that on the table? You've got a two-edged sword. You can put that and just slide that mess right off the table. First thing we ought to all know, all those who've been brought back by the Spirit of God to faith and grace, faith in the cross alone, faith in the Word of God in that context, is that I can't save myself and I can't sanctify myself. If, if you know that, you're going to be equipped, at least a be good a beginning of equipping for what you need. Because I can't save myself. I can't sanctify myself. And it takes the cross of Christ to get me in, to keep me in, to keep me the status of obedience so the Holy Spirit can work obedience according to the Word in my life. Outside, when I move my faith from the cross, I step out of faith. Listen, I step out of fellowship with the Lord. When I move my faith from the cross, I step out of fellowship with the Lord. When Peter jumped up and ran to be with the law keepers that couldn't keep the law and were dying under the law, and in God's view was only in darkness and condemnation, Peter stepped out of fellowship. The people in the church of Christ are some of the nicest, nicest sweetest people. They're out of fellowship with God. Because you can't believe in your heart that doing something, if you do, that saves you, you're out of fellowship. I don't care if you get emotional and tears run down your face and, oh, you have... Listen, the mind is powerful. I have thought, I have smelled lemon pie before and there wasn't one around for 40 miles. Because my mind is a powerful thing. Your mind is powerful. My mind thought of a lemon pie, and I got a whiff of it. And I guarantee there was, where I was at, there wasn't no lemon pie around for 40 miles. But your mind can believe things that aren't true. That's why we're told to renew our minds. Be transformed by the renewing. Renewing. You know what that, you know what that means? Renew. How'd you get new? Because however you got new, that's how you, re, that's how you do new all over again. Right. You ever watch the program on TV and you say, oh, it's a rerun, rerun. That means I done seen it. When you got saved, that was your new mind. If you're going to renew your mind, you got to keep your faith in what gave you the new mind. And every day you can be renewed you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind only if your faith is in what made your mind new. Mm. So Jesus said to them, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Remembering that it takes exclusive faith in the cross to follow Jesus and to be able to walk in the light of who he is in deliverance from darkness. Obeying the truth is tied to seeing and believing by faith that Jesus was crucified for us and we're following and walking in that truth. And we read Romans six seventeen, but I have here also a verse that I quoted that's been in my heart stirring around since I saw it last week, and that's James 1, 18. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. We were born again, here it comes, by the word of truth. All God's words are in righteousness. When the word of truth came, it painted a picture by the Holy Spirit of righteousness. Something we didn't have, something we had to have to be right with God. Something that only Jesus had. Only Jesus was righteous before God. He was the only man that ever lived an entire life without sin. He's the only man that ever went completely without sin. Mind, tongue, actions, he never committed a sin. He is our Lord of righteousness. And only in Him is our righteousness. We have none of our own. For us to be made the righteousness of God, it's only in Christ Jesus, which speaks of the cross. For there we were placed in Him at His death. Romans 6 and 3. So when we were born again by the word of truth, that means we heard God's word as it is in righteousness. Mm-hmm. And we were saved. We were born again. We were be, we begat of God, the Bible calls it. And the Bible says in Colossians 2 and 6, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in Him. Had you received Him through the word of truth. That tells us that our walk has to be 
according to the word of truth, the truth of God's word. First Thessalonians 2.13 says, as we believe God's word as it is in truth, he will effectually work that into our lives. And when we were born again, begat of God by the word of truth, we became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's our status. That's who God declared us to be now. Because of our simple faith in Christ and what he did, not what we've done. But to have the fruits of righteousness and to be led by the Spirit in the path of righteousness, it must remain to be our faith in the word of truth which is the man, Jesus Christ, the living Word of God. I love saying this, John five thirty nine. You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me, but you won't come to me. If you, don't, if you don't see the Scriptures through Christ and what He did at Calvary and not just the story in the Bible of the cross in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but Genesis to Revelation, we see the Scriptures through the blood for it is the blood of Jesus that gives the written Word of God life to us. It makes it the law of liberty. Unless we see it through what gave us liberty, it will destroy us. Two-edged sword will slay you. It's either, the, it's, either the, it's either the law that condemns or it's the law of the Spirit that gives life to us. And the Spirit is life because of righteousness. I'm preaching a little bit this morning, but it's teaching. It's not the letter of the law, it's the letter of the Spirit. But the way the letter of the Spirit gets spirit life into our hearts is through our faith in, in the word of truth as it pertains to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And he told us to continue in his word and we'd be his disciples. Praise God. And that's the, that's the whole point of this letter right here. Let's think about that this morning. I know we've got about 10 minutes or something like that left, maybe a little longer, but time flies, doesn't it, when you're having... Jesus taught in John 15, continue in my word. Let my word abide in you. That word means continue. This is the whole effort of the Holy Spirit to the church in Galatia. The thrust was you're no longer abiding in Christ. That's why Peter, uh, Paul stood and rebuked Peter because he'd stopped abiding in Christ. Just because you're saying Christ and I believe in Christ doesn't mean you're abiding in Him. Doesn't mean you, you're remaining in Him. Doesn't mean you're continuing in His Word. We're not continuing in His Word unless we're continuing in His Word as it is in truth. See, this is just stuff the whole church needs to know. We can't just open the Bible and think because I read a chapter today that I'm continuing, in, 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 that God's Word is continuing, I'm continuing in the Word of God. And that God's Word is dwelling in me. God's Word only dwells in my heart as it is in truth. The Holy Spirit only imparts truth. He never comes up and just gives you a Bible verse. The Holy Spirit doesn't play games. Jesus said when the Spirit of truth, the Comforter comes, He's going to reveal truth to you. He's not going to play tiptoe around the tulips and give you a little piece of Scripture. He's going to, he's going to reveal Jesus in the Word. The Holy Spirit, His job is to reveal our Savior and what He did at Calvary. For there's where we keep our faith. There's the, where the revelation flows through is the sacrifice. It was Jesus lived by grace through faith. Galatians 2.20 and Hebrews 2.9. He lived by faith through grace and only that faith and that great grace that flows through Calvary is, makes it our legitimate faith and grace. Outside of the cross, our faith and grace, it's not biblical. We can tout all we wanted to about we got this and we got that. And listen, there are things out there going on that would appear there's a biggest, that's the biggest move. That stuff called the Toronto Blessing, that stuff down in Flakeland or wherever it's going on, man, if they're not preaching God's Word in truth, the Holy Spirit is not there except maybe abiding in His folk. He is there. His presence is there. But because we've stopped obeying the truth, He's missing. we're not following Him. You can't have a move of God unless you're following Christ. You can't have a move of God unless you're following Christ. And you can't follow Christ unless your faith is in the sacrifice. 
That ought to tell you right there how bad off the church is today. It's really worse than we know. If we really were, if God were to give us a glimpse of the waywardness of the church, I honestly believe it'd make us sick for days, unmovable sick, tears we've never cried before, heart feel broken like we're going to die. That's how bad it is, my friends. We, because we're in a move of God, because we are being brought back by the Spirit of God to truth and grace, we have a tendency just to believe that just everybody's out. Let me tell you something. We're a remnant. I'm not talking about better than anybody. Nobody's better than anybody. But there are those who are walking. We have Paul standing to rebuke Peter. There are those who are standing in their assurance that only comes by the Holy Spirit through faith in the truth. If it's not faith in the cross, there is no assurance being imparted by the Holy Spirit. They're sure, those people have assurance, but it's not assurance of what is right. They're, man, they can, they're so, the, the law people that busted into Antioch and who came to Galatia to destroy their faith, they were sure of what they had. But there's a wrong assurance. There is a, there is a sincerity. Muslims in the... Islamists, Islamic, whatever they are, the, the, you know, the, the Muslims, most of them are more sincere about what they're doing than Christians are sincere about what they've been given. But that doesn't mean anything because they're sincerely wrong. Your sincerity is nothing unless it's through the blood. That's the true Holy Spirit-given sincerity, purity, pure conscience only comes through the Spirit. Mm. So when he says here, uh, o foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Paul is here speaking to a group of people, a church, who'd heard the gospel in such a profound way that they, it was like they, saw, they were seeing Christ and Him crucified. Again, we can confirm that in Scripture and another pl a few other places as, the, as we've already mentioned this morning. When the truth is proclaimed, righteousness is pictured. He that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. He that speaks truth shows forth the reality of what the Word of God means. He that speaks truth shows the picture of God's righteousness being offered to sinful humanity through the blood of Jesus. And when Paul preached the truth, he preached the gospel, it was if they had been there and seen it their own selves, their faith was so real. And that's what happens really to every born-again believer. It's a reality that you are born again. And people that claim they're born again and they don't, they don't even remember, and you don't have to remember what hour and exactly what day of the week. But listen, but the born-again experience is that. It is an experience. You remember when you got saved. It was a change of mind, a change of heart, a change of direction. If it was not, you need to get saved today, and I guarantee it will be. You can put your faith in the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God today, and accept Him as your Savior because you're seeing you need one. You're condemned by the sin in your life. And you can be saved today. Your sin erased, all your yesterdays gone, and a brand new today given you a brand new creation in Christ. You'll be without the guilt, the shame, and the dominion of sin in your life. You can be born again today, and it is an experience. But once we're born again, we have to guard our hearts with all diligence because out of it come the issues of our life. That's why Jesus taught, you. listen, you've got to deny yourself because out of your own heart comes the issues of your life. They ain't giving you a headache. Your heart is allowing them to give you a headache. Mm. The Lord's been showing me lately that... Uh, And I don't have time to go into this this morning, but I'll just mention it. When faith comes, faith overcomes. It may not knock that mountain down, may not knock that giant down, may not knock this down today, may not open that Red Sea today. But when faith comes, it overcomes that within you every time. True faith overcomes that which is going on in your heart no matter what's going on out here. Because it overcomes the world, and the world is trying to get in and depress us and, 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 and bring us back under the law. And faith in Christ is our victory all by itself because he proved that at Calvary. 
It looked like he was defeated, but he was the victor. It looked like it was the end, but it was our brand new beginning. It looked like it was over, but it was just getting started. Hallelujah. So when people are out there telling you, you've got to do this and do that to be saved or to even be sanctified, you've got to know this. They're trying to pull you back away from following Christ because you can't follow Christ by what you're doing to be saved or sanctified. I pray the Lord, I know we kind of got held up this morning, but we got held up in a good place. And next week, if the Lord tarries, we'll be right back here. I encourage you, my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, avail yourself, watch these, know that today is your day to step back into that light and following Jesus Christ through faith in His sacrifice. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Amen.